Michael, this is all very confusing. This is On Markets presented by Darwin Asset Management and Darwin Wealth Management, the podcast where we decrypt and demystify economic, financial, and other investing concepts in 20 minutes or less. I'm Remy, and as always, I have Mike Cantino with me. So far, 2022 has brought with it quite a bit of market volatility. As you may already know, we work with quite a few advisors on a regular basis, and a comment that we hear a lot is that they often lose clients during times like these, but that it is also the best time to get new clients. So this got me thinking, why does volatility in the market create a revolving door of clients? If you have any questions, comments, or just want a shout out on the show, email comments at onmarkets.com or hit me up directly at remy at onmarkets.com. That's R-E-M-Y at onmarkets.com. And if you like the show, don't forget to hit the follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. So Mike, why do you think clients change advisors so much during times of volatility? I think when clients get uncomfortable, they look for comfort somewhere, right? And if there's no real logical reason that they can sort of pin it to, they can, they can, they can get comfortable with it. It's, it's the easiest thing I think is to make a change. You know, I can't get comfortable with this the way it's happening. Maybe there's something else out there. Maybe my guy's not doing everything he can do. I'm going to try something else. I, I think that's what happens to people. I don't know that it really satisfies them. I don't know that it makes them comfortable because, you know, there are market conditions that you can't control that make them uncomfortable. Frequently, it has nothing to do with exactly what we're doing. It goes back to staying with the strategy and being patient. You know, we talk about Warren Buffett talking about investing and, and, and keeping, you know, consistent with your strategy. And I think that it, sometimes it's difficult for people to do that. So, Tino, it goes back to your, your favorite Blaise Pascal quote. Yeah, I might be butchering this a little bit, but basically it's all of human unhappiness can be explained by a single thing, the inability to remain at rest in a room. Yeah, there you go. During times of volatility, it's, it's tough to just sit there and, and wait. I think there's a lot of deeper issues going on here too, to a certain degree. I mean, I've seen more of one survey out there indicating why clients leave their advisors. And I, I do agree that during times of volatility, this might change a little bit, but four out of the top five reasons have to do with lack of communication or slow communication, things of that nature. You know, the distant fifth was performance. So I think that during times of volatility, yes, the performance can be an issue, but it, I think it also tests deeper issues or at least services deeper issues with that relationship with the advisor. Well, you know, I also don't want to create the impression that, that everybody, you know, sort of jumps ship as soon as it's, it, there's volatility, right? It's a very vocal minority, right? People that get really uncomfortable. And I think people really do want to look for something. It reminds me of when somebody, every time somebody has a cold or it gets sick, right? What's the first thing they say? I got it from X. They always want a reason. What difference does it make where you got it? You got a cold. Trying to blame it on somebody is not going to change the fact that you got a cold. But for some reason, people always want to know where they got it. Oh, my, my kid brought it home from school or somebody was sick at work and they didn't stay home, but whatever it is, it, that, one's, that one always gets me. That's what this reminds me of when it comes to the market gets volatile. Nothing bad is ever supposed to happen. So we need a reason for it. We need, some, you know, we need something to point to. And you know, the funny thing about that, Mike, is that we don't really ever, it's like you're cold. You, know, you don't know where you got it from. I mean, we don't know why volatility strikes when it does sometimes. We get these corrections. And I mean, I, I've never once traded a stock or a bond and the exchange has required an explanation from me as to why I'm buying or selling, right? So most of the trading these days are done electronically. It's something like 90 or 95% of it's done electronically. We don't even know why the market's doing what it's doing. But to your point, and when you turn on CNBC or Fox or whatever the, the news station is, the question of the pundits is, why is this happening? And you got to have an answer. Otherwise, you look like a fool. You know, one of your favorite things to say is, uh, you know, why do we look at, at things measured 
you know, annually, right? It's, it's, it's nothing more than the, the time it takes the, the earth to travel around a, a big ball of gas. But people do look at it annually. And I think that when you get to the end of a year, that year has closed out and what happened before doesn't matter anymore. And, and if I'm sitting down with somebody who's down 3% from January 1, it doesn't matter if they were up 17% last year. That's over and done with, and that's their money now. And it doesn't really, you know what I mean? Now it's just the loss. It's like when, once you put the money in, in your checking account, it, it's your money. It's like why people don't want to pay taxes when they owe taxes. They've got the money in their account. Now it's their money. You know, it's just so painful to let go of it. Also, it seems like there's this belief that volatility is inherently bad, but you know, I don't necessarily think that that's the case. What do you guys think? I think it's just a byproduct of, of what we call liquidity. The, the ability to buy and sell at a moment's notice creates that, that quote-unquote volatility. But if you think about what drives markets on the short term, you know, I, I've said this before, you know, when you see the stock market moving around like a speedboat, it's not the fundamentals of the economy. The economy is really big. It's like an oil tanker, it barely moves. So when things are moving around radically, that tells me that emotions are moving the market up and down. And you know, when I think about volatility as a measure of short-term movements in markets, you're just telling me that volatility is a measure of emotion. So you know, when things are really volatile like they are now, it's just the market's really emotional. I think when people get unhappy about those kinds of things, it makes them susceptible to listening to other things as well. And there are lots of, let's face it, advisors for the most part are salespeople. That's, that's what they are. Most of them came from the sales business and they spent a lot of time growing their business and trying to get new clients. And when you see a client that's dis- disgruntled, whether it's rational or not, the prey drive kicks in. Oh, you know, let me see what your guy is doing. Oh my God, I would never have done this. It's, it's very easy to, to focus on the negativity and, and to get somebody sort of fired up about what their advisor is doing because you would have done it differently. So how much do you think this is on the client and how much do you think this is on the advisor or maybe other advisors, like you said? I think it's, it's shared, to be honest with you. I, th- I think it's both. For the client's piece, I mean, I think that sometimes they're not reasonable. I think the longer things are good, the more they forget that it isn't always good. And the more upsetting it is when, when things get volatile. You know, I, I touched on it before. People, people have short memories. You know, last year is last year. And it, it doesn't matter how great it was. I had somebody in the other day that was upset about the volatility. And, and he said, you know, everything was going along great last year. Then what happened? Well, it, it's the nature of the market. We had, you know, it was, it was. I mean, you said it. It was going along great. And the market was, was steadily up. He, he's completely forgotten that in, in March of 2020, that it was way worse than it is now. And, and we thoroughly recovered, but that was, you know, almost two years ago. So it's, it's gone from memory. So advisors, I mean, they don't really want to talk about bad times, but it almost sounds like the advisors need, you know, during good times, they need to remind their clients that there are bad times. You know, for the advisors piece of this, I, I really also don't think a lot of advisors set the proper expectation. It's so easy to sell on performance that that becomes the focus of a client's thought process. And people will ask you, you know, you, you'll describe a, a philosophy or, or, or an investment strategy. And, you know, what do you think this is going to do? What do you think this is going to do? Is it, is it 5% a year? Is it, you know, should I expect 10% a year, 12% a year? And they want a hard number. And it's hard to not give them some sort of an answer. And you really can't, no matter what you give them, it's going to be wrong. But it's hard not to give a number because, you know, they, pu- they push for it. They want a hard number. And anything that you, you say that's not a direct answer sounds like you're sort of dancing around the question. It, it becomes difficult. And I think a lot of advisors sort of succumb to the pressure and they create the wrong expectation for clients. 
you know, another thing I find interesting about advisors, and Mike, you said it yourself, most advisors you know, are salespeople or they came through the sales channels. They aren't professional investors. They, they, most advisors, if they're smart, they outsource their money management to, to, to people that know what they're doing. But as a result, look, we're all human. We all succumb to the same fears and, and, and concerns and emotional outbursts. So, and, and I've seen, at least on the asset management side, I see advisors in times like these panicking arguably more than some of the clients I talk to, the, the end investors. So you've got a lot of times a situation where you have a very nervous group of investors being overseen by an even more nervous financial advisor. Yeah. And I think it's also easy to think about what you do. You should do logically versus, you know, what you feel. Everybody, everybody talks about, you know, buying the dip, buying stocks when they're on sale, things like that. And, but when that actually happens, you know, when it's time to pull the trigger, it's, it's difficult to do it because now you feel like you're, you're losing money and you don't know where the bottom is and you you don't want to buy into a, you know, a sinking ship every other day. I go to my mailbox, I get invited to to some free steak dinner or something, you know, to go to go talk to an advisor. And it, and and it's never, you know, let's go talk to an advisor. It's let's oh, let's find out how to, you know, pay no taxes next year. It's it's all these these exaggerated sort of promises. But but all it is is to sort of get you in the door to convince you to move from your existing advisor to that advisor. And I think right now when volatility is high, Advisors see the opportunity because there are a lot of disgruntled people. The irony of that is that, you know, even if you win that client, when volatility gets high, they're going to be disgruntled with you. Yeah, yeah, that's the challenge when you sell on performance. And it's sort of a revolving door, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Tino, I have a question for you. Assuming the advisor has done their job correctly and they have allocated the client's money appropriately, how much does volatility affect them in that particular scenario? Uh, well, it would most certainly depend on, on the sensitivity to the volatility. So you'll see situations where, and this goes back to setting realistic ex- expectations. I'll give, you, I'll give you a scenario. I was just on the phone with a client maybe a week or two ago, and they said that they're focused on capital preservation. They don't want to see volatility because it makes them uncomfortable. And they said, look, if you just get me you know, 7 8% so I can beat inflation and have no volatility, then we don't need to talk anymore. I mean, that was, that was the expectation. And, you know, a situation like that maybe 25 years ago would have been realistic. Maybe 15 years ago would have been realistic. But today, that's, that's not, that's, that's not going to happen. I mean, conservative portfolios are getting crushed due to inflation. So it's part, can, can we handle the volatility? Are we allocated properly? But even then, given market circumstances, a prop, quote unquote proper allocation based on that risk tolerance may not be enough to meet the, the expectations of the client. But, you know, to take that a little bit further. If you took that same client and they've been invested for two years, over that period of time, you know, there's a good chance they would have, they would have averaged that seven or 8%, almost no matter where they were allocated, right? But that's the same client that's, that's panic stricken today because they're down four or five. It doesn't matter that they averaged five or six or seven or eight or 10 or 12 over the last three years. All they know is that's in the past and now I'm losing money. So can you answer that question by saying, okay, what time period do I have? Can you give me 36 months? Can you hand me that money and not, and not look at it for 36 months and not worry about what happens in, in between? They don't want a 7% return over three years. They want a 7% very steady increase, an incremental increase every single month, and they never want to see it decrease. That's the issue. So what's the bottom line here? Well, the, I think the bottom line for, for advisors is to have the difficult conversation probably with clients before it gets to this, right? 
sort of pre-warn them that these periods are going to happen and what the expectation should be when that happens and that they need to be patient and that we're really focused on a long-term goal. And for the clients, I think it's to be reasonable and have the right expectation and make sure that you're dealing with the right advisor. You know, make sure that you're not dealing with somebody that's just going to prey on your fears, give you an unrealistic expectation, those kind of things. But I, I want to throw in here before we, we wrap up, you know, t- Tino's always throwing quotes at me. And I had, a, uh, I had a client actually throw a great quote at me the other day. The reason we're doing this, this episode is because we're having a lot of these conversations with clients right now, right? And I do have a lot of people that are uncomfortable. And I had a client in the other day that was down and he told me he wants to get more aggressive. You know, I sort of fell victim to the conversations I've been having. And I said something about the, the market being top volatile and so forth. And I love the idea of getting more aggressive, but you know, are you taking everything into account? And he looked me dead in the eye and he went, scared money don't make money. I loved it. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's contrarian investing 101 right there. Uh, look, I mean, to me, yes, we hire financial advisors because we want to make money and build wealth. But ultimately, uh, you do not go to a financial advisor because of the returns. You got to go to someone who you feel comfortable with and you trust and, and you'll listen to. If you don't have that rapport, then that revolving door, Remy, you talked about is going to be there, not just with your current advisor, but anybody else you go to and you'll be hopping around looking for the next best thing. This podcast is created and presented by Darwin Asset Management, LLC and Darwin Advisors, LLC, collectively referred to as Darwin. Darwin does not make any representation or warranties and therefore takes no responsibility as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information contained in this podcast. Any tax or legal information contained in this podcast is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The information presented does not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there could be no assurance that any investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Information presented is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the securities mentioned herein.